0: Alhamdulillah wa salam wa Wa ala wa Welcome everybody to the Safina Society, nothing but facts live stream. Sort of, but not really brought to you by Insomnia Cookies with a little Safina Society <laughs> waves there. But Insomnia Cookies, wherever this is there's so much sugar in it, you won't be able to sleep. Today we have a special guest, the winner of the Shal Hafs Quran and Recitation Award USA Championship, it's a championship that's worthy uh, of celebrating. This young man, <coughs> we're going to meet him, but we know someone who met him, and he's from South Jersey, that's the thing. That's why everyone's happy. He's from South Jersey. Now listen to this. He went to this competition three times in a row, and the first two were not successful. But on the third one, he cleaned house. That's what it says here, right? His name is Emran Duka. Okay, first place. Okay, uh, it says here in the in the. Um, little message i got he did the competition three times he got blown out each time like was not even a contender but this year he cleaned house right for some reason when naz who was his friend not naz from the podcast who's gonna also be with us when he said he cleaned house it got me juiced up because uh you go and you fail three times, and then all of a sudden you smash everybody. Okay. Um, let's take a look at something else in the news. Although it's not Wednesday, but this is a pretty funny news story. Not, uh, I mean, not a news story, but double down. This is a funny double down. Um, we all know that there's this Palestinian sister... We don't have to describe her as Palestinian because that's irrelevant and the Palestinians aren't really happy about this but she she's all pro she's a Muslim leftist. All these n- most of the academics they lean towards this the left or they just stay silent. They may not be, but they stay silent, right? And she says here this attack came, the attack of a gay dancer at a gas station. you yeah, ever heard of it? Okay, so a gay ga- a gay. Dancer was dancing at a gas station. He ends up in altercation with some Muslim kids, and he ends up with a knife in his heart, dead. Right? So they put out there, and they say, the Muslims, the now killing gays. Okay? And she comes out, and she tries to blame the Navigating Differences Statement. And she says, this attack came only two months after Muslim leaders released a statement that deeply dehumanize and demonize gay people, giving momentum to a queer-phobic wave that is quickly taking over. Omar um, Suleiman, Yasir Qadi, and all the signatories who are silent now. You have blood on your hands. Very dramatic. Okay? Now, what do we discover yesterday? The killer was not Muslim at all. He's a Russian Christian. Russian Orthodox Christian, right? But guess what? She doubles down, and she says, you still need to hold them accountable, okay? Because now Christians are hiding behind Muslims, right, in their hatred for uh, homosexuals. So now Jeremy McClellan, the Catholic uh, comedian, he says, he gathers all these screenshots, and he says, one, gay guy killed at gas station. Two, rumor spreads... That attacker is Muslim. Three, Muslim leftists blames it on conservative Islamic scholars for their statement on LGBT. Four, turns out the attacker was Christian. Five, Muslim leftists say Christian may be inspired by cr- conservative Islamic scholars. On these people, you can't, um, can't win with these folks. You know, what I was thinking about academia last night, late last night. I was thinking in the middle of the night, and my mind was wandering, and I thought about academia. And I thought, in every profession, you put in energy in as much as you're going to get out of it, right? So, what can you get out of any profession? Number one, obviously the first thing people want to get money. Number two, a moral or spiritual benefit. Let's say a moral benefit, like working I- in charity. It's a, mor- it's a social benefit. Number three, you can get social prestige. Right, not be beneficial, but it's prestigious, right? Like, you know, like a lot of politicians, they never make money. They never make real money, but they got prestige. And the moment they retire, that's when they'll make their money because all this the corporations will hire them, the universities bring them to speak, stuff like that. So p- social prestige for spiritual purposes, and that's the teaching of Deen, right? The mo- uh, the y- people sometimes work as th- that's their earning, but that's not the real benefit cuz you don't even make that much money when you teach Quran or deen the real motivation that keeps you going these are majalis of the angels every day you're in a majalis of malaika every single day you're also transforming another person in front of you which is why i always prefer teaching the 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 younger ages the people who are just starting out right because those types of people you're you're transforming them right Whereas um, when you're teaching someone who is at the fifth year, that person's set. Like you're, not Im- you're not transforming them or setting their future foundations. Where se- teaching the youth is more satisfying. But either way, malaika or malaika. Whether you're uh, studying at the f- highest level or the beginning level, malaika or you know, malaika, and you're in those gatherings... And you're in a situation that is pleasing to Allah. la mahala No doubt about it. So there's a spiritual benefit. Some occupations, they have a, a physical benefit. Right? Like, I don't even know what, but uh, someone who's, let's say, a trainer. Mm. That's a job. Physical trainer. And it's a halal job. Because you're not playing games, which is haram to earn our wealth from playing games. But if I'm a physical trainer... So I am the marketing. So I, I have an excuse now because of my job to hit the gym two hours every from five to seven a.m. you hit the gym. You go home, okay? You shower up, you hit the start going to the clients' homes, right? You got three, or four clients, depending where you are, you could live you can have a profession from that. So at least that profession you you gain physically, you become, you know, physically fit just because of that. When I thought about academia, الجميع, it is empty from all of them. Neither is there a spiritual benefit. In fact, the opposite. right? In, in, in fact, the opposite. You have to actually pretend that you have no interest in any of this. It's just an, um, it's just an interesting topic. We're talking about Islamic studies. The, all these Islamic studies, fakes. They end up not being able to say, this is the deen of Allah, and here it is. So no spiritual men. In fact, the opposite. You have to say, well, you know, we have to look at the Shia sources, and we have to look at the, every heretical group, right? And without ever saying, nor ever saying, this has to translate into action. You never go to the students and say, all right, you all did the midterm, now act upon it. Of course not, right? It's just pure theory. This is a bid'ah. Of all bid'ah, is A, to teach Islam without saying Number two is to teach without any al amal, No encouragement to action. What greater secularism and innovation is this, right? So that's the first thing. The spiritual one is, is out. Number two, let's say social capital. Alright, can you name the top historian in the country? Who the heck knows? Can you name, here at Rutgers, any of the tenured professors. So their social capital is only within like their little circle. Right? And it, and it is the case because when, and I lived in that, when you're living there, you do view them as celebrities. Like these are the people and you want to be like them, right? And I remember even like walking in the hallways with some of these people and you're like, oh, maybe we'll talk. As if he's like someone, but then I thought to myself, let's zoom out a little bit. Does anyone care? Who's reading these books? Oh, he's got a Brill publication. Back in those days, the Brill, if you got the Brill publication, you arrived, right? You got the Ijazah and Khalil, right? The Brill publication was the big deal. And I realized, thinking about it, and what some one time I emailed one of those professors. He emailed me back. I emailed him. He emailed back. I'm like, oh, he's got time on his hands. That's why. No one's chasing after these people. So there's no real, true social prestige, right? Amongst yourselves, maybe. Number three, physical fitness, total opposite. And I'll tell you why. This is not to make fun of anybody. The higher up you go in the hierarchy, it's an inverse proportion to shoulder width. (laughs) (laughs) These guys, they get in like thinner and more physically unfit the more you go up, right? The more you go up in 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 the hierarchy. And it started happening to, like, bad health started happening to a lot of us. Hey, Omar, by the way, if you can also remove the bottom part as you're doing that. But the physical fitness, it's not there. And it's like physically, if you walk outside of this environment, you will be discarded as just like some pencil-pushing nerd. Like the outside world who don't know your books and your refined knowledge will not have any respect for you. Okay, I don't even know, like, you have to marry then another academic, right? <laughs> because th- from that angle of life, you are no longer attractive. You lost that, right? Completely lost that aspect. Um, and they have the academics, liberal arts academics, have their own fashion. Like, they lo- the Subaru is a big deal for them, right? The Subaru is, and the <laughs> certain types of sandals <laughs> that would not be worn anywhere else. They have their own fashion. You go to Yale, w- the campus there... You can tell, like who is who, like who's actually been in this environment for life. Okay, what else? What's the most important thing in any job? You put up all you'll, 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 you you uh, you you put up with a lot of stuff. If there's a return, like I, I talk to like my a lot of my IT friends. I say, oh, so what do you do? He's like, don't ask. I'm just a cog in a machine. I'm like, why do you do this stuff? It's just it's a paycheck, right? It's a good paycheck. That's it. And so that justifies. Eight hours, I gu- I, 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 I'm, uh, I'm doing stuff, meaningless stuff. I, in the immediate fi- sense, it's meaningless. Of course, in the grand scheme of things, they're fulfilling a function, but he himself cannot see the function, right? Cannot see the benefit, the Thamra. But he's making a lot of money doing this. So that's why he does it. Now, fast forward, or I should say rewind to the time when like the, the first round when I was ready to, to teach, right, to actually apply for a job. It was 2005. It was the year, I know this because it was the year of the malice in the palace. Not the year, the day, right? So I flew, d- flew over from England to, to Texas where there was supposed to, San Antonio, there was a, uh, a conference job. It's like a job fair. And there were like three job openings. Everyone's going for them, Right. We all know th- what the openings are. And that night arrived, got sick. And the first night I was sick, so I stayed home. I turned the TV on, and there's this um, Pistons and Pacers game. I'm like, I don't care about these two teams, right? And I didn't know I was so far removed from basketball. I didn't know that they were good. Like, they had become contenders. I didn't know that. So uh, this this is the weirdest thing, is that this probably the NBA's most – known moment most infamous moment right I'm not even kidding you I, I t- sat on the bed I'm so sick I never watched TV but I said Rukhsa right <laughs> I got a Ruxa to watch TV because I'm sick I turn it on I'm not even kidding you it's a live game it was on TBS or TNT before TNT was a big deal TNT was just like a cheapo station uh, th- but I turn it on and literally the moment I turn on, the the brawl happens mm-hmm. right I'm like, am I watching a rerun? There's no way. <laughs> the sootva, the, the, the chance happening. You turn it on and the, uh, the thing happens. Anyway, I go there. Like what are the jobs? Kentucky, Louisiana, Utah, and like Scranton, Pennsylvania. Three or four jobs. We're like fighting for these jobs, right? Trying to get the interviews. Okay. I got uh, into the semifinals of one and the finals of Utah, right? Or no, I like think Utah was later. But thinking back, we are scrapping and, and traveling across the world to get a job, right? In a random location, terrible location. Who wants to go live in these places? Like, unless it's your home. What's the pay? 55000 What's the actual r- result of the job? Freshmen come in with their sweatpants and their MacBooks. Drinking coffee, not even paying attention and just asking you like what's on the test. That's the actual reality of life of what's going to happen. And I thought to myself, you got to pro- produce papers. You got to travel. Is this worth it? Like, This is not worth it in any capacity. In what capacity is this worth the time? Like in what capacity is this? It's neither physically. It's terrible. You're sitting all day. Um, morally, there's no moral benefit you're giving the world. Spiritually, zero. Financially, negative zero, right? <laughs> okay, like, w- nothing there. I'm like, this is like, you're being, this is, you're being robbed. All right, in any event, let us now go to something that has value and benefit. All right, we got two guests here today. One is somebody you all know, al Falsuf Al-Kabir Al-Mutakallim from South Jersey. All right, let's go to. the, All (coughs) right, Nazmul, you all know, also known as Naz, you all know him. He's from the from the Safina Saidi podcast, Nazmul Hassan, uh, from South Jersey. Now moving moved up here, hopefully permanently, and he has a friend. Okay, the champion, I must say. Okay of the USA Ka- Quran conti- uh, competition the shaltabi com- uh, what is it officially called the imam shaltabi, shaltabi competition now imam shaltabi is not the madiki usuli he's a different shaltabi there's two shaltabis one is the madiki usuli and the other is the sahib al qiraat and he was blind so let us welcome naz and imran unmute yourselves uh, welcome to the safina society live stream nothing but facts live stream and let us start off with the brother who introduced us to this, which is Nas uh, Let us start off with your introduction uh, to alaikum. Our, our, our reciter. Bismillah.
1: Assalamu alaikum. Bismillah Can you guys hear me? Yes. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, great to be on here today, Dr. Shadi. Uh, thank you for bringing us on. I wanted to introduce my friend, uh, Imran, Hafil Imran Duka. So. Uh, He's been a very long uh, time friend of mine. I've known him since he was a kid, actually. So, uh, Uh, in what
0: capacity you share the masjid, like uh, same masjid? Yeah, and we
1: uh, there were a lot of sporting events where you know when he was a kid, we ran a soccer league, and uh, he was (laughs) he was one of the participants. uh, Mashallah, and his father was also very involved in the masjid.
0: Mashallah, Uh, mashallah.
1: Yeah, so he's been a long-term youth leader for YM. Also in South Jersey. Um, and Alhamdulillah, several years ago, our Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Rashid Ahmadi, uh, he's an expert in um, Quran and Qiraat. So he inspired both of us to start studying the Quran, uh, get better in Tajweed, and even memorize the Quran. And Alhamdulillah, Sheikh, uh, Sheikh Imran, Hafid Imran here, he finished several years ago. MashaAllah. And since that time, he's been doing a lot of competitions. You know, he's been teaching at the Sheikh's Institute. He's uh, my teacher now, right, because uh, our sheikh is more busy. Um, so, yeah, so he just came back from winning one of the biggest, it's probably the biggest competition, Quran competition, in America, in Minnesota. So sheikh Al-Masarawi is, was there. He's an expert uh, in the Quranic sciences. Um, uh, sheikh uh, Hassan Saleh, I think, I think you know who that is. Of course,
0: world-renowned. World-renowned. World
1: renowned. So all these judges, I mean, they were like, I think sometimes Mishari used to, Mishari Alafasi used to be be a judge over there. So tell, um, tell
0: us about the contestants.
1: So the contestants, uh, Iman can probably do a better job, um, but these are contestants from all over the U.S. I mean, you have some of the best profiles, like being produced from Texas, right? Uh, as you know. SubhanAllah. Um, from California, all these places, and they go to this place to compete. And it's very tough, as Imran himself will tell you, very tough to get first place. So, MashaAllah, um, he just won first place. We're very excited. So, uh, you know. I'm all alive. right. So, South uh, Jersey
0: is pride now. Uh, Imran, Hafiz Imran, I should say. All right. First of all, you can unmute yourself now. Uh, congratulations. That's the first thing I want to say. Uh, from Safina Society, myself, everyone here, because there are people in the room with me here who are watching and listening, very impressed. So first thing I want to say is congratulations and welcome uh, to the Nothing But Facts live stream.
2: Thank you
0: for having me. So it's, uh, it's an honor. You know, it's our pleasure to have uh, uh, the, these accomplishments and highlight these accomplishments. So let's start with your story. Let's, let's backtrack to when you and Naz were just youth. How did you, the idea of in your mind to start HIFS come about And more importantly, how did it start off Or, or how did it come about for you to just to, con, to keep going A lot of people, so many people you can't imagine drop off So that's the second question So there's your first two uh, questions I'm sure everyone's interested in Alhamdulillah <laughs> wa
2: sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Wa baraka Muhammad wa ala wa sahbihi so, Sheikh, my, my story with the Qur'an is actually a little different than most people. So, I'll go a little before I actually started memorizing Qur'an. I went to an Islamic school mm-hmm. from second grade. I started in second grade. And uh, in the Islamic school, we had Qur'an class, but there was no like real teacher that taught us. We kind of just sat at the computer, just listened to Qur'an. So, from second grade until eighth grade, I was only able to memorize three juz. You might think that's a lot, but we were doing Quran for an hour every single day. So in a matter of six years, three just really not a lot. So I was actually one of the kids that was like bad with Quran. You could say to the point where I would get detention for not doing my Quran work. Mm. So.
0: Maybe you send the link to the teacher who gave you those detentions now. <laughs>
2: so I had, yeah. I had three years at the time and, uh, I was involved with why I'm sure you're familiar with YM. I mm-hmm. Um, And why we used to have these qiyam nights where a lot of the youth would would lead salah. So, you know, me just seeing my brothers lead me in salah that are my age, sometimes younger, that inspired me. And I remember one time my brother was leading and he was reading a surah that had memorized, but I realized I had forgotten it almost completely. So at that moment I was like, well, I really need to get back into like Quran. I need at least, my goal at that point was not to memorize the Quran at all. I was not thinking about that. But really all I wanted to do was review the ajusat that had memorized, you know? So SubhanAllah, not too long after that My sheikh he came um, from Medina and he started a Qur'an program At the time he wasn't my sheikh; I didn't really know him So there was this Qur'an program starting up Nazma was joining, a lot of other brothers were joining So I was like, let me just give it a shot So I asked my dad to put me in So he put me in the program, Alhamdulillah And uh, that's when it all started It started in 2017 And it wasn't like most kids, they usually go to like a full-time Qur'an school where they spend like two two years full-time. No, I went to school, I went to high school. This was like an after-school thing that I was doing. Mm. So when, I first, when I first started, I was, I didn't, the, the good thing was that the Sheikh, the first thing the chef did was he taught us how to memorize, and that's what really helped me a lot. Once he taught me the proper way to memorize the Qur'an, you know, subhanAllah, I saw that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala made it easy for me to memorize, right? And just me knowing the proper technique to memorize, it really made things a lot more easy and uh, it motivated me to keep going, right? Mm-hmm. Because when you don't know how to memorize and you're sitting there for an hour and you're only d- able to do a few lines, that's demotivating. But when you can sit there for 30 minutes and you can memorize a page and you're actually making progress, that really pushes you to keep going. So I, I started in 2017 in August. Alhamdulillah, I finished in the year of 2019, December 30th, it's like the end of 2019. So there was a lot of, there was a lot of slumps, but you know, al alhamdulillah, he, uh, he really put a lot of pressure on me. He held, he held me accountable for sure. So
0: yeah. Let me ask you, what are the uh, main techniques that he gave you?
2: So every person, there's a different way to memorize, right? Not what might work for me, might not work for you, but the main things he taught us was, SubhanAllah, he actually has changed his opinion on how to memorize. So he doesn't even follow that anymore. But mm. what he taught me, you know, I use that. and It really helped basically he would emphasize. The main things he would emphasize was you need to be focused, number one, right? You can't be reading it and your mind is thinking about something else. Um, He said that have a timer, use a timer with you, because if you're just reading it, you're going to lose track of time. But when you have a timer and you're like, okay, I only have one minute to memorize this ayah, there's something pushing you to memorize quicker, right? It's helping you stay focused. So he would always tell us have a timer. He would tell us to read as quickly as possible. There's a lot of students who, when they memorize, they read like this, Alhamdulillah, they read it in a slow manner and you're really wasting time because what you want to do is repeat the verse as many times as possible. So when you read it in a slow manner, you're not able to repeat it as many times as you would be able to if you read it in a quicker pace. So he would always tell us, read it as quick as you can and focus and mm. have a time. Those were like, those were the main things that he emphasized.
0: Uh, a lot of, uh, there, I come across two methods of hift. A lot of Egyptians, they do the whole hifts Mm. With with minimal review, and then they repeat the HIFs yeah. to give the student a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Right? They move on quickly. Once you give it the Tasmiya once, correctly, they move on quickly. Mm-hmm. And then you finish your HIFS. Then you spend the next set of years doing a second revision, right? And then a third. And now you're Mutzamekin. The Pakistani method is the Three parts. Every lesson is three parts. The old review, the recent review and the new hifs, mm-hmm. Right. And what I've noticed from that is a the student almost does is, is more solid right away on the on the on their hips. But what I noticed from some students who went from the Arab way to this way was that it felt so prodding like it felt like it was taking so long and they would sometimes get demoralized. But but whoever comes comes out of that, they're more mutamek and more solid than the opposite way. Uh, so which way did your teacher teach you?
2: So we we did it the quote unquote Pakistani way. So we would have our old revision or a new revision in our new lesson. The sheikh was a mm-hmm. uh, he was very strict on revision. He wouldn't let you memorize unless your revision was solid. Yeah. So like every few edges that we would memorize, he would test us on what we've memorized previously. And if we didn't pass, he would stop us from memorizing. There was probably like four or five times in a matter of like two years that I had to just completely stop memorizing because my revision was falling off. So yeah.
0: Okay. Here's the question for you. Um, how many times a a week did you meet your Sheikh?
2: So initially it was in person and it was five days a week for like the first, I want to say 10 months, maybe. Um, So I would go every day, five days a week. Um, but then after that, the Sheikh moved away. He moved like 30, 40 minutes away. And the Quran program kind of became, he did it at a, at a different masjid, but for me, I couldn't go there because it was very far. So I had, for 19 of the ajzat that I memorized, I actually did over the phone. So those 19 Jews were a lot harder to memorize than the first 11.
0: And so, then you uh, and you would just do hivs every day and tasmiyah every day?
2: Um, probably Not every day. I would probably take like a day or two off. Okay. I mean, I would still, I would probably do it on my own. Memor- memorizing, not every day. I'd probably take a day or two off. Revision, every day.
0: And what about the session? How long would you sit for one single session?
2: Uh, Usually like, it depends, but usually like 45 minutes. The entire class was 45 minutes an hour, but I would probably read to him for like 15, 20 minutes, however long my lesson took.
0: But then you do your hips for the rest of the time.
2: Yeah, yeah. So I would do, like, it wasn't a thing where you go to class and you memorize in class. You, you do all that at home. You come oh, to class Okay. So I would just read to the sheikh my new lesson. He would test me on my revision. That was it. Okay. Because yeah.
0: mm-hmm. uh, some students I've seen in our HIFS program, uh, in order to, like, they sort of bundle their habits together. Uh, they do their, they show up early to class and they just sit in the back and they actually do their HIFS there. Right. Uh, and then they give the test. Yeah. So when you were at home doing, hips, is it you sat for forty five minutes? You would say.
2: So when I first started memorizing Quran, it was it was less. A lot of people who've memorized the Quran, they know that when you first start, the amount that you're memorizing in the beginning is not going to be the amount that you finish at. Right. It's a yeah. skill. So initially, I started memorizing. I think half a page, and by the time I finished, I was doing two pages regularly. So when I first started memorizing, I was probably spending. Per page, maybe like, or let's say half a page, because I was doing half a page, like forty-five minutes to an yeah. hour. Like, towards yeah. the end, like two pages, I was doing in like an hour and fifteen.
0: Okay, in the process of hifs, do hafaz do a Like, do they ever recite for the sake of recitation, or is it just purely hifs, like read from cover to cover without any intent of tesmiya, revision, or memorization? Do they do that, or do they leave that off completely?
2: Uh, I personally actually never did. I would never just read for the sake of it. I would always like be reviewing instead.
0: Hips. Okay. Yeah. Now let's go to the world of competitions. First of all, who introduced you to the world of competitions? And then tell us how it went. Like which competitions did you show up to? How did you place? How did you feel after that? All that stuff. Who are so- who who are you competing against? Yeah, And what's it like in the... Because it's competition, yet at the same time, it's dean, So it's sort of like everyone's encouraging everyone, yeah. yet competing against them at the same time. Yeah. All right, so take us through that world.
2: So, subhanAllah, well, after uh, maybe like a few weeks into my journey, like at this point, I'm a little kid. I'm like 14. I only have a few just memorized. I had just begun. And I walk into class one day, and my sheikh is showing me a video of a brother named Hamza al-Habashi. Mm-hmm. And he was competing in the Dubai competition. This was many years ago. And my sheikh is showing me the video of him reciting. And my sheikh, he says, he says, that's going to be you one day.
1: Mm. And keep in mind,
2: I have I have like three just memorized at this time. I had just started memorizing. My sheikh is making a bold claim. He said, that's going to be you one day. You're going to be in that chair one day. And ever since that day, like I always had my my vision on that goal, right? I always wanted, that was always my goal to compete in Dubai, compete in Dubai. And in general, just compete. I'm a very competitive person as it is. So, you know, my love of the Quran and competition, it just like went together perfectly. So that was when I was first introduced to competitions when you showed me that video. But obviously you can't just go straight to Dubai. You have to like build up with local competitions and then regional and then national. So when I finished 10 Juz, actually there was, there was a local competition. I think that was my first one. It was in New Jersey. I th- you might be familiar with HHRD. I think they had a competition a long time ago. But that was a very small competition. It was like just Juz Amma. Um, my first, uh, you could say like major competition was Mass Ikna in the year 2018. I did a 10 Juz. So this is my first competition. I remember I prepared a lot or what I thought was a lot at the time. And then I go in there and uh, I'm on the first question, I'm reading perfectly. And then I like, I go back and I mess myself up.
1: Mm-hmm. It was
2: really a dumb mistake. And I remember after the competition, because in these competitions, if you like make one mistake, it's 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 over. Like yeah. your chances of winning are, they're gone. So I didn't know that at the time. I was like, is there still a chance I can win? But there was no chance. And I remember I was like really down, really upset. I was young also, but uh, that was my first loss and that was, yeah, definitely, it didn't feel good And then after that, um, I, my first Imam Shatabi competition was There was probably some local ones in between that I don't really remember at the moment But then my first major one after that, or my next major one was Imam Shatabi in 2020 um, or, Sorry, 2021 So at the time, I was still, I remember the a Qur'an like the beginning of 2020 So my hifl was still kind of fresh this is my first major competition. It's very rare that you see someone win on their first year, unless they're like Aborar or someone like that. Along that. But hey, uh, if you're
0: uh, if you're listening, if if you're watching on Instagram, come on to YouTube. Then that's where you'll be able to see everybody. For those who are on Instagram, hop over to YouTube, Safina Sadi, uh, uh YouTube channel. Question for you now: How many contestants are in this first Ikhnamas competition?
2: Oh, that's. It's probably like at least ballpark. Like, yeah. Like 40, something like that.
0: 40. 40. Yeah. And, and what did you get at the end?
2: Oh, I didn't place. If you don't place David, I won't tell you. They only tell you if you get top
0: three. Oh, they, 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 they don't. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you didn't even place. And how did you feel when you left there?
2: I was so upset. I'm not gonna lie. I was young at the time, so I didn't like, mm. you know, but yeah, I was definitely, definitely upset.
0: And then did you say you know I'm not this is not for me or did it you say like no I'm going back like were you totally in or were you ever one foot in one foot out
2: in terms of like competitions yeah no I was always for competitions even after that loss you know I got over it after some time and it, it just pushed me to like I want to be better I want to win the next one
0: okay so after Ichnamas where'd you go
2: probably in shot to be 2021
0: okay um, must be on Zoom then I guess right.
2: No twenty twenty they actually did it in person.
0: Oh wow, okay. Yeah. Where? So
2: in Minnesota, it's in Minnesota, Minnesota every year. Okay. So I remember it's my first like major competition. You know, I wasn't expecting to win, honestly. And my confidence was pretty low at the time. It was kind of I wanted to win, but it was kind of like a far fetched goal to mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. first question I actually I read perfect. Second question perfect. Third question, remember he gave me the A and I was just like I was like this is not gonna be good right when mm-hmm. he gave me the A, I i knew it was it was a tough question for me so i read that and i had like one or two mistakes on that question and then the last question i was perfect but like i said one mistake and it's over yeah and that was 2020 then 2021 the next one imam Shaitlibi. Subhanallah, this was actually honestly 2021 i got fifth i was probably more excited then than i was this year and the reason for that was it was a complete shock Mm. i was not expecting to win at all because i was perfect my they give you four questions so my first three i was perfect the last question i got what you call a bell so basically you mess up the judge will ring a bell to notify you you mess up and then i corrected myself right away so if you correct yourself it's worth like half a point Mm. but if they have to correct you it's worth an entire point
1: Mm.
2: so but even if you get a bell usually you're not gonna win. It's very rare that you win. Like most, usually the top five, top three, they're all perfect.
1: Hmm.
2: And then the judges are just looking at your your voice and your tajweet. So when I got a bell, I remember after that, I texted like I texted my parents, my friends back at home. I was like, inshallah, next year I'll win, inshallah, next year. Like in my head, it wasn't even I wasn't even thinking about it. And then I remember I was about to actually skip the awards ceremony because I didn't even think I was gonna win. So we got to the award ceremony. I remember I'm just standing there talking to my friend and then the, the, the guy, the announcer, he goes, fifth place from the state of New Jersey. And he announces right when he says from the state of New Jersey, I'm like, who else came from New Jersey? <laughs> I'm like, I'm very yeah. confused and yeah. this is all happening very quick. I'm like, there's no way he's talking about me. Right. And then he says my name and I remember I was just completely shocked. SubhanAllah.
0: SubhanAllah. And then uh, that was last year. So you fast year. forward now to this year. This is your third time competing in that tournament. Yeah. Uh, and in the, uh, in that competition, so now do you feel you felt like none of this is new? I know the judges. I know the building. So all that extra distraction is completely gone now, yeah. right?
2: There's definitely more confidence, but. People who do the competition, they'll tell you every year it only gets harder and harder because there's more contestants, it's more competitive. Everyone is getting better. Like I'm getting better, I'm getting more used to it, but so is everyone else, Mm. you know? So, and there's a lot of reciters, some people that have been competing in this competition for five years. So this is my third year, but some people have been doing this for five years. So I knew, you know, a lot of people who have won this competition gave gave me the advice not to worry about anyone else. Just worry Mm. about going perfect yourself and then leave the rest to Allah, you know? So that was my mindset Mindset going in. I was like, let me just go perfect on every question. And then if I get first, second, third or fourth, it's okay, I did my part. So this year there's probably like 50 contestants. And uh, I started prepping like three months, I'll say three to four months before, like seriously prepping. Um, I was having people listen to me. I was increasing the amount that I was reviewing. And uh, I was just, I was, I was really motivated, really disciplined, I was determined to win. And uh, there was probably, Sheikh, there was probably people who worked harder than me, who, uh, you know, have a better voice than me, maybe better tajweed, maybe even better hith than me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Actually, one of the brothers I was reviewing with, he actually got second. But Sheikh, his hith is probably better than mine.
1: Mm-hmm. SubhanAllah,
2: it's all tawfiq from Allah. And I really, I try to make a lot of Du'a, and I try, to, I try to, you know, leave it to Allah. After I did my part, I truly knew that, you know, if someone told me that, if you think you're gonna win because of your own f- efforts, that's when Allah will show you that you're not, right? So I made a lot of du'a. I remember after every single question the judges gave me, I was making shukr. I was saying alhamdulillah. I was making du'a. Allah, He makes the next question easy for me. So that's truly what I think saved me was the du'a's and you know just having trust in Allah subhanahu wa taala.
0: Now, when you're reciting, are you this is be, Are you reciting only in hafs, or is it in multiple? Me personally.
2: So there's in different the competition, categories. there are, yeah, there are c- categories In those categories, you're obviously going to do all the or whichever one the judge tells you. But in the 30 just category, you can do any but usually people are going to do the one that they memorize with or the, that they're best at. And everyone in America memorizes with Huffs. So everyone usually reads in
0: hafs. So the competition is not Huffs solely.
2: Yeah, but you can read it in a different Qur'an if you want. But you usually
0: want. Okay. Everyone, everyone does in house. Okay, so he's not going to tell you, recite this in Warsh, recite this in Duri. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now, now imagine that. They do that, <laughs> they do that w- where? Uh, they have other competitions where they do that. Ajayb, subhanAllah. Okay, the scorecard. Obviously, accuracy of the Hifs. Yeah. Number two, accuracy of the Tajweed. Number three, voice, which seems a bit subjective, right? Yeah. We ha- So what's the weight given on each of these things?
2: If I'm not mistaken, I have this 70, I think 70 or 75%. Mm-hmm. The druid would be like 20 or 25, mm-hmm. and then voice is five.
0: And then, and then voice is, yeah, voice is just, because yeah. that's too subjective, right? Some people yeah. are monotonous by nature. And that's just how they're created. Right. So, okay, good. So, so now you, you, you win this, tell me exactly the, the nature of the competition. Are there rounds? Is there a round Robin where everyone gets one chance and then like two, two come out of a group or is it just one shot and that's it?
2: The the reason this competition is so scary is because there's only, there's only one round. And if you even make a small stutter, you basically lost. Wow. So there's so much pressure because there's no room for like any error at all. Mm. Even like there was a brother, subhanAllah, he had one stutter and he went back. And because of that, it took him from first to third. Hajib. Yeah. So you have to like flawless, no stops, no nothing, just perfect. That's so yeah, strange. One so, round.
0: So there's no uh, like uh, rounds where you can yeah. actually afford yeah. to be relative to somebody else and survive. Nothing like that. And mm-hmm. how long is each recitation? How many minutes is each so question?
2: They, they do four questions. Every question is one page. So usually 12 to 15 minutes, depending on how fast the reciter is reading, but usually mm-hmm. around that.
0: Around one page. And they tell you when to stop, right? Yeah, they'll tell you. Okay. And how about the Mutashabihats? Are there any. Um, I don't. I don't. Uh, I can. Would they say, for example, begin with the first mention of a certain mutashabih verse or the last mention of a certain mutashabih verse for example
2: usually the questions are like pre-written so the judges are not the ones choosing Hmm. so it is possible that you get an ayah that comes twice and they'll they'll usually tell you read the first one read the second one Hmm. or you know what they'll do they'll read the entire ayah so that or they'll start the next ayah so that you can know which one it is.
0: I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
2: So sometimes okay. it happens, but it's rare.
0: All right. How many judges are sitting there?
2: There was there was five judges.
0: Sheikh Hassan Saleh is one of them. Yeah. Okay. from From uh, North Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else? Uh,
2: Sheikh Masrawi, of course. Sheikh uh, Masrawi
0: is from from Egypt, right? Egypt. Yeah. So he flew over for this.
2: Four of the judges out of five. He lives in Qatar
0: now, right? Yeah. So he flew over from this. Yeah. yeah,
2: Four of the judges actually came from overseas. SubhanAllah. Yeah. SubhanAllah.
0: Mashallah. So the whole uh, uh, competition takes place in a day. No, no, no. It's it's actually like five days. Five days. But you recite once.
2: Yeah. So it was from August. In the entire competition, they probably have 600, 500 competitors.
0: What? because, so, yeah, 50 on your day, there were 50.
2: So, the way they do it, it's pretty. So, on my day, it's not just 30 just reading. So, there's going to be other categories. There's one just category. There's five just category. Mm, there's I 10 jurors, There's 15. There's 20. There's 30. Then there's all those for boys and girls. Sometimes they have separate categories for boys and girls. Then they have the Qur'at categories. They have the best. There's a lot of categories. So, they have to That's do it what... over like a period of a week. So, they start on August 1st and they, they end it like August 5th.
0: And what's the broadest category that most competitors are in?
2: Um, I think most of them usually have like the same amount, like fifty. Okay. 50 people,
0: yeah. I'm imagining the thirty uh, juz, the whole mushaf, would be the hardest competition to be in part of.
2: In my opinion, I think it is. They have thirty juz qiraat as well, which is very yeah. difficult. But. I think there's more hype and there's the most competitive is probably the 30s.
0: Speaking of hype, you have some hype here. Zian Ibrahim. Is he your buddy? Yeah, How about was. Rahaf Al-Sharif? Okay. Uh-huh. How about Soheib Ahmed? Are these all your friends? Because they're all Shadab, Sayyid, Daryl, <laughs> yeah. all... who? Yeah, I
2: know. Abrar Jamaluddin, our guy from Philly. Yeah, that's my sheikh. Abrar is my sheikh.
0: Uh, MashaAllah, MashaAllah. So anyone you, you got a lot of people here saying, you know, congratulating you, giving you sending you some love here on this on the chat. Okay. Now uh you, you make it into the winner's circle, you win. What happens now? Does she will take you for dinner or what?
2: Um uh, no 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 nothing like that, but uh
0: I mean they should bring you into their fold. Do they wear do you put a do they put a Buddha on you like some no, no. they got to give you some. There's got to be for this shot to be a, a scarf that's unique to them, like the green jacket in golf, right? So you said
1: like Go international. You better win
0: international. So is that what it is? Now they're they'll connect you to the international competitions. Now,
2: yeah, usually that's what happens. You it opens a lot of doors for other competitions.
0: Okay, so what's the next competition for you?
2: Honestly, I don't know. Usually, like if an opportunity comes, then uh. We'll see, but so far nothing has really is really confirmed.
0: What's the uh 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 like hierarchy of, of these competitions? So the US that's a big competition, apparently now the brothers are telling me, which I n- never thought. Nobody imagined that the US is involved in the Quran. But the US competition has become something big. I'm sure probably Mecca has one, Medina has one, and these are epic competitions. I'm sure probably what the prize was a 2024 ca- Toyota Camry?
2: 2023,
0: 2023. T- 2023. Yeah, 24 hours was not come yet. 2023 Toyota Camry. That was the prize. Yeah, because well, we never asked about what the prize was. So you got a Toyota Camry and you got an Umrah. Yeah. Uh, okay, you got a Toyota Camry. And like, how does that work? Do they just give you the keys like uh, yeah. the NHL All Star game, or how does you that know, they, work? They gave me right? the keys. To take a picture, and then they took the keys back.
2: <laughs> and then no, they're going to
0: deliver a similar car to you, or what? No, no, no. Um,
2: they, they don't have it ready at that moment. Yeah. So they said they would have it ready actually today. But I came back to Jersey because my flight was next morning, but I'll probably have to go back, inshallah.
0: Back to it. Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. To drive it back?
2: There's a lot of paperwork and stuff like that. Of course, we have to do-
0: yeah. Yeah. We
2: might drive it back or we might ship it. I'm not sure yet, but we'll see, inshallah.
0: MashaAllah. Uh, what color?
2: I think it's black. I'm not sure, though. Black. black Nice yeah. So I've actually never seen the car So I don't know
0: Your your college uh, automobile And your first You know Automobile has now been covered By this uh, Quran competition uh, Your mom and dad What's yeah. your family situation like And what were they What was their reaction To all this nope.
2: SubhanAllah Initially It was just gonna be me My sister Was gonna come My cousin And uh, One of her friends They were gonna come They wanted to make Like their own trip out of it Mm-hmm. And I was going to go to compete. My parents have never come to me with, to this competition in the past two years. But uh, the night before, um, my cousin was allowed to come. She wasn't allowed to come. Her dad said she couldn't come unless my dad was going to go. So maybe four hours before, my dad books a ticket to come.
3: Mm-hmm. To
2: the competition. Mm-hmm. This was like the very last second. So my dad decides to come. My mom is home. The next day, my mom decides to come. SubhanAllah. My dad was so, my dad booked the ticket for her. So, subhanallah, it was so last second. But the one year I did win, my entire family was there.
0: Uh, that's great, that's um, great. Uh, now Duca, I'm trying to place that name ethnically. What language is that?
2: Uh, it's it's Albanian. Albanian, yeah, Albanian, Albanian.
0: Okay, so you are Albanian. Yeah. In that case, um, are there were there other Albanian families there to cheer you on?
2: Uh.
0: In the Quran Not competition. There,
2: but online, online there definitely
0: won. MashaAllah, good. Because you know, this is like it's always unique when an Albanian like when you have a nationality like that that does something yeah. uh important uh, and something uh, and, and and has an achievement. Um, I'm sure we have some Albanians here. I'm gonna share this link with them. They're gonna be very proud. <laughs> MashaAllah. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: All right, so from here on now it's gonna be there there's gotta be a tournament in Egypt. Sheikh Mansour, can get you there, I'm sure. Well, he doesn't go to Egypt himself. Egypt doesn't have a competition. They don't want to go to the Egyptian competition. Why? They don't take care of the competitors. What people expected to go to Egypt and like see like a five star operation oh, or a one star operation. That's how the other competitions are, like the and stuff. Yeah, very prestigious. Very prestigious. Yeah, like,
1: but, but Egypt, you're just
0: like you're, you're like, not. You just. Unbelievable. And who told you this? Uh, my future brother, Adin. Yeah. SubhanAllah. Okay, the Dubai competition. You're going to... Is that the big one? Uh, Libya. Libya L- is the
2: biggest. Libya? Yeah, they're coming Libya, up. Libya is, uh, they say, the most difficult. But in terms of, like, probably the biggest and, like, I guess, like, the one that's most unknown is probably Dubai.
0: Dubai. How about Pakistan? I've never heard of one, actually, from Pakistan. No? Rajib. I mean, they got uh, HIF schools Every How about Morocco? Uh,
2: not that I know of. Not international.
0: Okay, so Dubai is the next mountain for you to climb.
2: Inshallah, Inshallah.
0: Uh, all right, well, you got to make New Jersey proud. You got to win Dubai now. Um, just showing up at one of these competitions is an achievement, to be honest with you, yeah. right? And then you got to make Albania proud. <laughs> and, and and make Jersey proud. And you know that there's a competition here that involves hifd Al-Quran and fitness. Okay? Mm. It's called 114. Look up the website and plug it in there. It's like combining HIFS and fitness. So, for example, this is something else. This is like a type of... The biggest... Uh, It's not really a competition, but the, I guess you could say it's sort of a competition is you memorize surahs al-Baqarah and run 50 miles, 50 miles, right? 50 miles. So you need to be in tip top physical shape and your hips is in shape. The next one, you'll see it on the website. 114. No, no. Right. One O-N-E and then one four. O-N-E, like that, but delete the first digit, the one, yeah, delete that. Click that and see what comes up. So, yeah, so see the one fourteen challenge. Surat Al-Araf and 26 miles. They're not playing games, right? The least one is like Surat Al-Mulk and like 5K, right? So I think that you should go and speak there, to be honest with you. You should show up to that. And, um, no, you don't recite while running. No, you sit and recite on Saturday and they should have an honorary, uh, you know, like position speech from the Hibs champion of, of, of America. Right. You, 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 are you going to back up your championship next year. You're going to let someone else win
2: in terms like,
0: like, do you, are you planning to show up again and defend your title? Or are you going to let somebody else, uh, have a right, chance mom shot to be mean? Yeah.
2: If you win once, they don't let you compete again.
0: Oh, forever.
2: Yeah. So I would have to do I would have to do a different category. A like different a category. category, okay. Above it. Yeah.
0: Okay, so there's good. Like so
2: the only, does... the only categories above that would be like at So if you want to try it.
0: Okay, so you can go but a different Yeah. Okay, good. So you should come to this one fourteen. I'm gonna I'm gonna get you uh, invited to this. <laughs> and you could talk. You don't have to run if you don't want to, but you could definitely talk. They do all the testmia on Saturday. And all the running on Sunday. And then people get awards, I guess, or they get at least accolades that they have achievement in both of these categories. Remember I was telling you when I was bashing the academics and making fun of them how neither is it spiritual nor moral nor social nor financial and your physical fitness goes down the tube, right? This is the opposite, 114. The 114 challenge is opposite. You have to do serious hips, and you need to be in t- tip-top physical shape. So now, Imran, you are going to go into teaching, I'm sure.
2: Uh, I've, I'm already kind of doing that, but yeah, inshallah, I'll keep doing
0: that. You're already doing that, mashallah. And you're going to be, uh, I guess, now you're in college, right? Yeah. You're headed to college for the first year?
2: No, no, no I'm actually going to my fourth year.
0: Oh, your fourth. You're, four, you're going to be a senior in college. In what? What? What university uh, are you at?
2: I go to Rutgers, but Camden, Rutgers, Camden.
0: Okay, so for the for those in South Jersey, they have a ca- a campus down there. And what do you study per- right now? Uh, computer science. Computer science. Is there memorizing code involved in that? I mean, Such not a, really. Y- you should be really good at that now, <laughs> right?
2: It's not really memorizing code. It's kind of like understanding it. Yeah. yeah, there's certain things you memorize.
0: Mashallah. Uh, let's see if it's been a pleasure having you on. And, and meeting a winner, right? And a, and a competitor, mashallah. Allah protect you and bless you and make uh, um, your parents proud. Uh, Taha Sheikh said he's a hooper in SJ. So uh, that our hips champ is a bucket shooting machine in South Jersey. Zian, your buddy, though, says that, no, he fails all his classes. All right. Okay. So here he is. Good. Uh, these buddies having some banter going back and forth. Okay. All right. Some Tilawa now Onibawan. I don't know if that's your friend, but he's putting you on the spot now and oh saying, God. we need some Tilawa. All right.
2: This guy always puts me on the spot. So
0: <laughs> oh, you know him? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. Good. All right. Here you are. Bismillah. Well, you we can take two, three minutes of whatever you want to recite. Bismillah.
3: وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ لَا يَرْجُونَ لِقَاءَنَا لَوْلَا أُنزِلَ عَلَيْنَا الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَوْ نَرَى رَبَّنَا لَقَدْ اسْتَكْبَرُوا فِي أَنفُسِهِمْ وَعَتَوْ عُتُوًا كَبِيرًا يوم يرون الملائكة لا بشرى يومئذ للمجرمين لا بشرى يومئذ للمجرمين ويقولون حجرا محجورا وَقَدِمْنَا إِلَى مَا عَمِلُوا مِنْ عَمَلٍ فَجَعَلْنَاهُ هَبَاءً مَنْثُورًا أَصْحَابُ الْجَنَّةِ يَوْمَئِذٍ خَيْرٌ مُسْتَقَرًا وَأَحْسَنُ مَقِيلًا وَيَوْمَ تَشَقَّقُ السَّمَاءُ بِالْغَمَامِ وَنُزِّلَ الْمَلَاعَةِ فَأِكَةُ تَنْزِيلًا المُلْكُ يَوْمَئِذٍ الْحَقُّ لِلرَّحْمَانِ وَكَانَ يَوْمًا عَلَى الْكَافِرِينَ عَسِيرًا وَيَوْمَ يَعَضُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ يَقُولُ يَا ليتني اتَّخَذْتُ مَعَ الرَّسُولِ سَبِيلًا يَا وَيْلَتَا لَيْتَنِي لَمْ أَتَّخِذْ فُلَانًا خَلِيلًا لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ إِذْ جَاءَنِي وكان الشيطان للإنسان خذولا وقال الرسول يا رب إن قومي اتخذوا هذا القرآن مهجورا وكذلك جعلنا لكل نبي عدوا من المجرمين وكفى برب ونصيرا وقال الذين كفروا لولا نزل عليه القرآن جملة واحدة كذلك لنثبت به فؤادك ورتلناه ترتيلا ولا يأتي تُنك بمثل <تسؤال> إلا <تسؤال> جئناك بالحق <تسؤال> وأحسن تفسيرا الذين يحشرون على وجوههم إلى جهنم الذين يحشرون على وجوههم إلى جهنم ila <his chocolate> <the Criminal> <is that>
0: Masha'Allah, <laughs> we have a group here uh, in the studio with us, and Masha'Allah, very beautiful. Now, while you were reciting, there was a whole discussion on the thread, okay? Uh, uh, There is a question Two questions now yeah. The maqamats I'm going to ask you about that Because your, your mates and your friends Are talking about the maqamats Number one Number two Before that I want to ask you the simpler question There is there a women's competition for this? The girls
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. There is Some okay. categories they have it separate for boys and girls Sometimes they're all together Because there's not enough competitors For just boys and girls separately So they put them in one
0: Okay, good. And is there uh like there is a there is there a, comp- a competition of one or two or three juz only for girls?
2: There's a one juz category. They don't have two or one three jus, like juz yeah. thirty. Yeah, and they have a five juz as well. Okay,
0: and what's the website of this competition?
2: I think imamshatabi.org. dot Okay,
0: just she's look that. it up like that. Mm-hmm. All right, now Q'rat. I mean Maqamat, the brothers are saying. Yeah. Hijazi. Nahawand, et etc. Everyone's yeah. wondering what it is because your friends are talking and a lot of people don't know what these are. So why don't you uh, give us a quick explanation of what a maqam is, first of all.
2: So maqam is basically a, a tune or a melody. Um, so that's basically what it is. It's a tune or a melody that you were saying.
0: Okay. Basically just, uh, and then, so what is, how are they measured? How are they differentiated from one another?
2: Um, I guess the way they sound, like, they have a different rhythm or melody to them. That, mm-hmm. Like, the more you listen to it, the way to learn Maqamah is just by listening over and over. And then your ears will be able to recognize. You'll start seeing, like, similar patterns. Mm-hmm. And you'll be like, okay, this is Hijaz. This is nahawand Stuff like that.
0: Okay. So... I wonder when this originated. Like, Nahawand, is that the Maqam of the Khawarij or what? Right? <laughs> the Khawarij recited or what? Right? <laughs> more recent than that. Okay, that's good. Alhamdulillah, you put my heart at ease. So, Oh, okay, so it's more recent. Uh, Imran, you are hereby invited, you and all these kids. Well, maybe they're not kids. Jamal, Abrar, Jamaluddin, Zian, Adib, all you guys. Unib. All these guys, Rahaf and Nas. Me and Nas will be, inshallah ta'ala, at MBIC Family Night, okay? This Friday, 7 o'clock, we have Family Night, and I'm inviting all of you, and of course, especially our winner, to Family Night, where we're going to have Family Night, then we're going to pray Maghrib, and then we're going to have dinner, which I hope they bring that fried chicken again, because that was some good stuff. All right, so check your schedules and let Nas know inshallah so you're invited to family night to to be there we'll meet in person and you can bring your whole crew with you inshallah ta'ala and we'll present this again uh to the community and to the youth and 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 get the youth jazzed up about you know showing up to these competitions right i mean south jersey has done it for the first time south jersey has done something that central and north you know are looking up to or although geographically we look down right but uh come so inshallah you, uh if you guys are free and we will host we'd love to host you guys and maybe you show up in that uh honda of yours mashallah or toyota right <laughs> and listen uh maybe you win the next competition we'll get you rims how's that next competition if he wins the next competition here it is we're putting it on the hook safina society will tint your windows or you get like uh kafada, you get three options or we'll wrap your Toyota or we'll get you rims. Either one of them. Next competition, this brother wins.
3: I'm going
2: to hold you to that shit.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes, you hold me to it. And if they give you a new car in Dubai, they might give you a Tesla or something. <laughs> same, same holds. Rims, tinted windows, or or wrapped. Uh, Imran, it was uh, lovely having you on the program. And Naz, thank you for bringing our attention to this. Um, and bringing him on, and we hope to see you guys in person on Friday. Naz, any parting words? Uh, Nothing much, Sheikh. uh,
1: It's surreal because I remember a month ago or so, I went to class to read to um, Hafiz Imran, and uh, I asked him how he's feeling about the competition, and he's like, I don't know, man. And then Sheikh Rashid, right next to us, he's like, with that mentality, you already lost. SubhanAllah. So, and then, and then so uh, Imran's like, yeah, man, I don't know. So it's just surreal that, like, in a couple months, yeah. this same person, you know, is uh, mashallah, he's won the competition.
0: Sheikh and Rashid hasn't gotten enough love from us and left credit. He's the coach, right? He's the manager. Right? He's also he, a basketball fan, by the way. Who is, who is he and where is he from?
1: He's uh, Sheikh Rashid studied in the University of Medina. And he spent uh, almost a decade there, uh, learning the Quran, the Qur'ān, and uh, but his initial studies was in Hadith um, from the University of Medina. American? And, uh, yeah, he's yeah, he was from California.
0: Like American born and raised?
1: Yeah, American. So he's African originally. Yeah, he's Afghani.
0: The whole thing is the whole thing from the coach to the student is is American born and bred, meaning Absolutely. geographically at least. Mashallah, amazing. Yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, well, mashallah, he should be really proud that one of his students has won it all. And Imran, final words? Um, shout, shout, out to to your, shout out to your boys here. I
2: is nice, uh, definitely give a shout out. i give a shout out to Abrar, Adib, Suhaib. Um, definitely got to give a shout out to my family, to my friends, YMSJ, um, to my shayoukh, uh, to Nazmo for setting this up.
0: Okay, I hope to see you guys Friday, inshallah. And their brothers are saying Friday. If, if it happens Friday, then it's going to be some recitation, but also some Burda, too, they're saying here. Uh, so yeah. we can recite some of that. And also your other friends who are uh, students of Sheikh Rashid can also recite for us so we could have all these Shabab out and get our youth uh, jacked up and, and, and energized with this, too, inshallah. Inshallah. All right, Jazakumullah Khairan, and Naz, try to make this happen for Friday.
1: Inshallah. Sheikh. All right,
0: Barakallahu fikum. Thank you guys very much. Jazakum <laughs> all right. There you have it, folks. There was we have a winner uh, from Subhanallah, uh, South Jersey, making us proud. And I think it's going to um, it's going to catch on with the other people because we people see these Quran competitions and they're like, you know, that's another world. That's like we don't know how that happens, where it happens, how you study to be that, right? But now that you have someone who actually knows the mechanics of what it takes, how do you even sign up, right? And what are the competitions like, et cetera, et cetera? I really hope he could, they can make it Friday so that some of our youth could see these, these uh, you know, um, uh, to see him and see that how this is doable, Even if you start with the smallest competition, like the one just competition, but get yourself in there. And what I love about it is that you do hips and you have a sense of, right, uh, I have my classmates. I'm doing hips with my teacher and you want to finish. That's the goal. But sometimes these competitions, they give you added juice along the way. Like you you added reason to, to be on your hips. Right. And. That's not bad, be, that's not wrong or anything because the Sayyidina Umar was the first person to give out a prize for Hifs to the second generation of Muslims when he realized that they're getting weaker. Their Himmah is dropping. So he went to Kufa and he, he announced a certain amount of gold for whom memorizes, memorizes Surah Al Baqarah. Can you imagine now, Sayyidina Umar, who these Sahaba like lived and died with the Prophet? But the second generation, it's all done for them, right? they're not as devoted as the first generation. And I can only just imagine the, 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 the surprise and the shock of any Sahabi to see a Muslim who is not as enthused and as energized as them, right? And they must feel saddened, almost grieved at the sight of such a generation. But Sayyidina Omar sort of foresaw it, knew the human nature is like this, and he said they didn't see the kufr that we saw. But he also adapted, and he set a precedent for us, and he's the first one to give a sack of gold to whoever would memorize surah al-Baqarah. So these competitions, and I don't think anyone goes really for the prize. You go for the ability to, 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 to compete. And, and when you see all these reciters, once you go into one competition, I think you're hooked into the world of hips forever after that. Like once you go into one and, and you're competitive by nature— you can get blown out of the first one or a second one, but this time, but eventually you're going to be good. And once you get good at something, you're locked in for life at that point. This is all you think about day in and day night day out uh, is hip. So hopefully um, he can come by and inshallah ta'ala will, you know, be able to uh, energize our community with that. All right. So uh, segment number two. If you enjoy watching this live stream and you enjoy seeing these guests, you can go to patreon.com slash Safina Society and become a supporter, okay? Uh, You can become a supporter of the live stream and you can, inshallah ta'ala, also start taking our classes at arcview.org. We are dividing Arcview up into four, okay? Four tracks. One, Arabic only by Sheikh Mahdi Lag. Number two, uh, scholarship, scholarship track classes where we're now going to be adding intermediate-level books of fiqh and aqidah. Number three, Arcview Basic. You just want to learn your fardain? You want to learn your basics? Boom, you sign up for Arcview Basic. And number four, kids. And kids includes hifth of Qur'an, right? Uh, w- instead of you having to go find a hifth teacher and use WISE, or use um, Western Union, or use whatever, and no one knows how to do these things, and they're a hassle, okay? And then finding bank details to get a tutor from abroad. No, we've done that all for you. You don't have to do any of that. And on top of that, you get fiqh and seerah, and special coordinated events for youth, for kids. Like, what is gender? That's an event we have we have a, an event for the kids like what, what you're about to see in public schools because not all the kids not, most of the kids go to public schools in America most Muslim kids are stuck going to public schools there just isn't the infrastructure for people to escape that so we have to address that and that's part of our uh, um, arc view kids program segment numero trace what is one reason why depression exists amongst people Guy. This is from Sheikh Said Ramadan Bouti's lecture series. By the way, uh Iqna Mass uh, is M capital M A S It's Muslim American society. Yeah. It was I was laughing there when you had Iqna Mass competition. <laughs> yeah. He had he had M A S S mass mass amount of people. All right. Most people do not are not aware Of the reality of a life. And this is one of the reasons that depression exists. This is the first reason. You're unaware of where you are. And to be aware of the nature of hayat al-dunya. Is so liberating. That hayat al-dunya. It's almost like being sent from your country. To. uh, uh, As an ambassador to another country. And you have to fulfill a mission. And that country, it's like there's a war going on there, right? It's unregulated. It's an unregulated land. So there are good times. There are safe areas where you can enjoy yourself. And there are out of control areas. This land is a mixture, an admixture of good and bad. All you have to do is stay there, fulfill the job that you're given. Don't worry about anything else until you get called back. So when you get there, there's a ticket in your name. There's a room already reserved for you. All your food and drink and everything is going to be sent to you. You just focus on your mission. Focus, Focus on your goal. Every time that your mission and your goal requires more expenses, more sustenance, it'll be provided for you. You just do your job. And there are cameras everywhere and there are body cams and mics and everything's tracked. So that the government that sent you is watching and is able to judge you. One day, your day's going to come and you're going to be called back. The ticket will show up in the mail. And you can't disobey. You have to come. The marshals will come, escort you to the plane, you come back home. When you come back home, you're either going to be heralded as a champion or you're going to be a failure and a bust. And you're going to walk down the walk of shame, all right, and then be thrown in jail. That is the nature of Hayatid Dunya. Like, we belong here, but we're not of this earth. We belong on the earth, but we're not of the earth. We belong here temp- as a temporary mission. Just like the ambassador of the United States to Venezuela. Uh, I don't know if we have relations with Venezuela. Let's say Brazil. The ambassador of the United States to Chad. The ambassador of the United States to any country. Is it his country? No. Does he belong there? Yes temporarily he belongs there to fulfill the job is, is it natural for him to now start putting American flags everywhere and, and trying to visit the restaurants that have American people in it of course when you're an expat that's what you do you try to almost recreate you know all the Andalusi art and architecture originally is Syrian because the Beni Umayya when they were expelled out of the Khilafah they all left And Abdurrahman al-Dakhil was their strongest person at the time in that family. And he traveled all the way across. And he arrived at Andalus. And there he saw, we're so far away from that Basi territory. This is where their territory stops. This is going to be our new home. And he brings his family. And he comes in and he fights about 29 to 30. What happened to the TV? 29 to 30 civil wars. They didn't want him. They just did. They didn't want the Benny Omeya. But the Beni Omeya are a, a, a proud type of people who always have to rule. Like a Leo. Like he, Leo may, may not even be the most competent. But just his, his nature, he got to be in charge. You ever see those types of people? Like he, it, it may not even, it's just his nature to be in charge, even if he's not even the most competent one. And people seem to give it to him, right? Like for he has the qualities of the leader. And the Beni Omeya were like that, and wherever they went, they're not going to be ruled by some other tribes. they are going to rule, whether you like it or not. So people didn't like it, and he quelled twenty nine rebellions. okay It's almost like an unblessed start to be honest, but he has, they, they wanted to rule, and they felt there's no other way around it. So everything that they built in Andalus was mimicking their homeland of Damascus, right. And so you see a lot in art, and, uh, Islamic art and architecture. This is one of the biggest themes. The our original Andalusi art is the exact copy of Syrian art, right? What existed there. And it's not like Syrian. It's like what the Umayyads at that time, the arts and artisans and stuff that were in Syria. That's what they would, that's how they would build things. So ignorance of, and, not, and it's not ignorance. It's lack of awareness that this is temp. It doesn't have to be perfect may not be perfect. It doesn't have to... We should be perfectionists in our work. But the forces around us will render everything imperfect. That's the nature of life. Sheikh Mahdi Laak brought a beautiful point where he said that a lot of the Marxists, their biggest flaw is why isn't everything perfect? Like, why why are there poor people and there are rich people? Now, obviously, there was a reason, an oppressive reason for that. But even in the Quran, there is an ayah that you will not go against Allah's will and make everyone even. Right? You will not do this. You will not make everyone even. If Allah blesses you with something and He didn't bless somebody else with something and you're like, no, this is not fair. He has to have it too. Sharing is one thing, but internally saying, no, no, He has to have it too. Otherwise, this is not right. This is also the same maqt of Allah's decision, the same disapproval of Allah's will as envy, right? But it, it appears in the guise of righteousness. We're rich. All right, we have to make sure everyone's equal. No, everyone's not going to be equal. You can share as much money as you want. People will not be equal, okay? Uh, and so this is one of the reasons people get depressed in the world is they don't realize the nature of al dunya and they're not conscious of its shortness and how long the future is. And it's one of the... Uh, features of Israel, Malik al-Mawt, is it that he so easily takes the souls of people when this is a harm to us, right? It's because he knows what's awaiting them, right? What awaits you is far better. Like, you may be kicking and screaming, but what awaits you is far better. And this is, what every parent will go through something similar to this with their kids, where something, for example, like and ice cream melts and falls, right? And the kid reaches to eat it off the cement floor, and you're like, "No, no, this is garbage. This is garbage." And he's kicking and screaming, and you don't know that you have a nicer one, you know, in the freezer that you're going to get him right now. And that trip from the driveway back to the freezer is is like a right, for the babe, for 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 a, a, a an infant or a toddler, right, for a toddler. And then finally, when he gets it, though, he smiles and he laughs. And the moment you get it, all that pain is wiped away. It's as if it never happens. Some pain is just literally deleted. Some pain lasts you, but some pain is literally deleted. Right. So why do we come into the world, its nature, and then our departure from this world, the thought of it merely, the knowledge of it is a removal of anxiety and depression just by itself. Right. And I would say that's the, the, probably the number one thing. Anybody who's upset about the distribution of things in this life or the hardships and efforts in this life, if they simply merely con- contemplate the shortness of it and uh, what awaits the next life and the true purpose and what is it that Allah is looking for, uh, they'll eventually it, it will alleviate so much. Not only that, the true Zahid is not the one who puts an effort In not buying and not acquiring. That's not a Zahid. That is like a Mutazahid. That's someone who is making himself a Zahid. That's not a true Zahid. The true Zahid is the one who is of two states. Number one, he sought the dunya in a good way. In a halal way. And Allah granted to him as a blessing. And gave him so much that he now no longer wants anything. Allah gave him the Qurrat Ayn for him. The thing that fills his eye and calms his heart. Now, he wants to spend the rest of his life being grateful. He willingly, he's happy. He's had an, he's, he's reached his fill. And that's a tawfiq from Allah, because some people never do. They just want more and more and more. And the sign of that, when you want more and more and more, that means your seeking of it was not right in the first place. When you seek a ni'mah, it is only... the, the Op, most optimal way to seek a blessing is oh Allah you said love me for the blessings that I have given you so I'm going to seek these blessings so that my love for you can be even greater right that's like the most optimal mentality of seeking something of the dunya right so that it could be a source of me to be great more grateful like say Ali when he took a cool drink one day and he's the head of the ascetics and his, someone asked him about it. He said, I want to, to, the, the gratitude to spring from my heart. So I take some of the nema of this dunya so that I can be grateful. The other one is the one who contemplates akhirah so much and doesn't really have much reason to mingle with the dunya that the only logical conclusion is to sit and just prepare for the akhirah. It just it makes no sense for him to invest in any dunya or to have any dunya. And usually that's someone who's single. ...who doesn't have responsibilities... ...because once you're in the world of responsibilities... ...you're stuck in it... ...it's going to take you... ...you ha- you can't... ...halfway be... ...in the world of responsibility... ...like if you guys have a, a kid for example... ...the moment you have... ...forget a kid... ...the moment you have a wife... ...that means you're going to have friends in the society... ...you're going to have in-laws... ...you have to put up stuff... ...there has to be appearances... ...right... ...so the Zod immediately... ...once you're in this Hayat Dunya... ...it's very hard to be in it with responsibilities and actually be a Zahid. Okay. All right, sec next segment. What what book were we reading from? It's called uh al kaaba Asbab wa Depression and Anxiety Causes and Treatments by Mehdi Lock. Uh you can get the book, I guess on amazon.com. It's by Nawa Books and the Forward Publications. All right. So again, Depression and Anxiety Causes and Treatment according to the Quran by Mahdi Lock, based upon uh, a TV series with Sheikh Muhammad Saeed Ramadan Al-Bulti. All right, Q and A time. We got a few minutes for Q and A now. In your Q and A, um, in the Q and A, there was a question on the uh, parentage of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. In the famous hadith, "Abi wa Abuka my father and your father are in the fire. That refers to the the ab. Can refer to the uncle, the biological father, the grandfather, or anyone who raised you. That's what an ab is. So why would anybody assume, okay, that uh, it's his biological father? It's not his biological father. All of the fathers of the Prophet and mothers were hanifs. Okay, and Allah says What describing his lineage, okay, as people of Sujood. So they were all Hanifs, mother and father. Okay. How do you spell arc view? Arkview? A R K V I E W. Ark as in ship, like Safina, as opposed to arch. Not Ark as in uh, uh, arch. No, Ark with a K. All right. The hawk Knight. He says, Would you recommend not going? through Arcview Plus courses before Arcview Basic. I You should take Arcview Basic first when you graduate from those classes, then you take Arcview Plus. It's a good question. How do we know that risk give by Allah, is a reward for our good deeds or a test or istidraj? Excellent question by Hilmizaz. Hilmizaz. Sorry for butchering your name there. The answer is, um, it's how you react to it. If you have a blessing and you react to it by thanking Allah for it in your heart, obeying Him out of gratitude, for example, when you have a lot of wealth, you say Alhamdulillah and then go spend on the haram. No. The shukr, the hamd is with your mouth, with your heart and with your actions. In your heart, you feel gratitude. With your mouth, you always say, this is ni'mah from Allah. And it's not from myself. And you should say that because what is, is it from yourself? Oh, I I worked. With what limbs? Where did you get the limbs? Right? The investor. Who who, who created that that this body? It deserves all the credit, right? Oh, no, no, it's my ideas. Really, where'd you get the ideas? Who taught you how to read even so that you can have ideas? Who gave you the idea? Where do ideas come from? You ever think about this? You just accepted it. That's all you did. Okay, and you got the tawfiq. So thank thankfulness in your heart, in your tongue, and with your limbs by not using it for the haram and that's hamd then shukr what is shukr helping people with your ni'mah you help people with your ni'mah okay Muhammad Ali when he said uh, God bless me with all this fame I have to use it now for the good right I have to guard my fame polish the reputation and use it for the good so that's shukr so hamd is between you and Allah shukr is between you and the people okay so that now if you use your blessing for sins then uh, that's a sign that it was was a punishment. It's bad. You must have earned it with the haram, or you're going to be punished for it. If you use it for sins, yet at the same time keep getting more wealthy, that's what we call istidraj. Istidraj is raising you up to drop you down. Isn't extreme wealth inequality oppressive in Islam? Extreme wealth inequality cannot, it will not um, continue if sharia is observed. One simple reason is the inheritance rules. right? The inheritance rules will disallow for this. Number two, the zakah rules will disallow for this. If a person is actually attaining wealth in a lawful manner and following all of the sharia with their wealth, then as they go up, others will go up too by giving zakah, right, and by uh, observing. But wealth inequality in itself is not a problem because think about this. If someone is in the field of energy and this person works 100%, you know, puts out 100% effort, they wake up at 5 every morning, okay, they work six days a week, they're frugal about their time, they're smart, they're educated, but they're in the field of energy. That field is a multi-billion dollar industry versus a man who puts the same exact effort teaching fifth grade history, right? That is not even a couple thousand dollar industry, right? The maximum you will ever get expending that effort in the world is a, is a very basic salary in contrast to with someone who's in the oil business, and doing, working like that. Same brains, same work ethic, but one is in the Atlantic Ocean, one is in a a little lake, right? So that's the difference between Rizq. Uh, It's just, it's where you end up. Minaj, we're staying in our home country in our apartment for two weeks. Can we pray Salah of the Traveler? No. Nope. Two weeks is beyond the traveler's distance. In the four madhabs, ends at four days or twenty prayers. Hanafi, fifteen, 15 prayers. No, no, fifteen days. Fifteen days. No, so two weeks. If are you a Hanafi, minna, minna ag, then then yes, then yes, two weeks having less children says abdullah tariq because of concerns that you won't have energy finances to give them a good upbringing makru to do that fear of fear of not being able to take care of your children so not having children makru because it's also jahala children come with their own risk here's the thing you have more children you more chances that one of them's risk is a posh upbringing right and that's why people get rich if you have seven kids, the likelihood of their destiny being poor upbringing for all of them is not that high. The likelihood, one of them, Allah has willed that we want to give him a posh upbringing. And you get to skim off a piece for yourself, right? <laughs> for being the conduit to that risk. Right? That's how risk works. We believe the more kids you have, the more chances. The risk comes with the children. Sunshine says, does Safina decide to have a Qur'an hivs for adults and more specifically for females? We don't as of yet. We're going to get our kids one down first and we can add after that. How can one decide what madhab to follow? Says Yusuf Muhammad. You can do that by studying the biographies and methodologies of the four imams and then uh, choosing which one you believe is most worthy of following. Okay. And there, in this case, you use your intellect and you make a decision yourself. That's the ijtihad of the common man is to know who to follow. And someone said, why can't we we do taqlid in aqidah as we do in fiqh? You can do taqlid in the secondary matters of aqidah, but not the first. In in aqidah, uh, the primary matters of aqidah, such as knowing that there is Allah and His Messenger and believing in them, Right, that you cannot have taqlid in that. As for everything beyond that, you can have taqlid in it. Right, you don't have to have direct personal uh, uh, investigation of it. Okay, Nuri says, I've been given the opportunity to study under Sheikh in my area and I really want to do it, but my parents are not sure it is a good use of my time and money. Do you have any advice? Firstly, Nuri is um, the question is. Um, the qualifications of the sheikh, your other responsibilities. Uh, it would be hard to say that seeking knowledge is never good. Okay, unless the quality—I uh, mean the the qualifications of the sheikh—are not there. Okay, someone says, for example, I'm going to uh, I'm going to take um, a full time course, and we're just going to study the theories about the end times right that we could say well with who for example you're going to go to malaysia for that or what are you going to do what, where are we going with this that's not one of the ulum that takes that effort in that time especially from someone who is not qual, if they're not qualified but if we're talking about uh tafsir if we're talking about fiqh if we're talking about hadith and the sheikh is qualified, then we'd never say no. As for how much, that really depends on your life responsibilities. As for money, it's never a waste of money. To seek knowledge. I don't have, know if my istikhara has been responded to. I know Allah will make things clear, but there are many signs. Okay. No, it works like this. Many people think, I'm not saying the question, but many other people think, we pray istikhara, and we sit and wait for a sign. No. Istikhara implies that you have already made a decision, Okay, I'm going, but I would, I'm would. praying for Allah to give me a sign that I'm on the right track. But the idea of istikhara is you're going. You've already made up your mind. If I'm going on the right path, Allah will open up the path and make it easy. That's a sign that your istikhara is... That's a sign of the istikhara. That it's a yes. If you're uh, going and now all of a sudden obstacles come in my way, That is a sign that Allah is telling you, no, you made the wrong decision. So in istikhara, you're not saying, oh Allah, A or B. No, you're saying, oh Allah, this is what I'm doing. Make it easy. If it's wrong decision, make it bad. But this is what I'm doing. If it's not the right decision, make it difficult. So ease versus difficulty is the sign of istikhara. Look at the wording of istikhara. Um, Could you answer Muhammad Hijab's Argument at minute one hour four one hour forty three minutes that there is a valid argument against the Kalam cosmological argument didn't see it. Um, I saw the suit and the kufi and never didn't click after that. <laughs> now I'm just I'm just messing around. Muhammad Hijab is a great guy. Uh, we went and had lunch at, in England and we hope to have him here on the program and we could talk about it. So I'm gonna we'll track him down for us inshallah.
1: The kufi is actually from Burda too.
0: From Burjah here? Really? InshaAllah. Nice. Burjah is right around the corner from us here. Uh, Piscataway. Khalil Hamza. Aqeed question. Said something like this. God's knowledge of himself in addition to us means you add to God's endlessness. No. Uh, The knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is his attribute. Everything that can. And therefore it is pre-eternal. His knowledge is pre-eternal. There is no addition. For example, if a baby is born, right, and the parents name the baby, okay, whatever, Abdullah. Are we now adding to Allah's knowledge that He didn't know Abdullah was going to exist until He existed? No. All of what will happen in all of the creation is in Allah's knowledge as alien, pre-eternally, and it is in His knowledge when He will manifest it into physical form. And that's creation, the act of creation. It's manifesting it. Umurun yubdiha So all of the knowledge is with Allah. That's His attribute. So all of us have existed in Allah's knowledge eternally. But that's not in existence for us. That's just in His knowledge. When He wills to manifest us into physical form, then we come out and we get born. Or a phone gets invented. Because that every single thing... From the smallest thing To the biggest thing Is in Allah's knowledge Pre-eternally Nothing can ever His knowledge never increases Or decreases right? And then the timing in which Everything manifests Okay And this is why uh, That too is in Allah's knowledge And it manifests When Allah wills Okay This is why The knowledge of Allah Ta'ala Would not be written If all the Trees were made into pencils Not big tree pencils, no, little pencils like this. Every single tree on the earth was made into a pencil. And then you took all the oceans of the earth were ink, and then you add seven more oceans like that, Okay, it would still not, we would still run out of ink, and we'd run out of pen, pencils. Why? Because existence, the creation will eventually live eternally. Right? Eternally. In Jannah or in Nar. And if it's eternal, then no amount of oceans, no amount of ink, and no amount of of pencils will ever match the eternity. You will need an eternal amount of ink, and the qalam is going to be writing and writing and writing and writing, right? Because every human will continue living. So, that's the meaning of uh, the idea that Allah's knowledge, it never increases, never decreases, All of what will happen and will exist is in his knowledge, as because knowledge is his attribute. And his attributes uh, are pre-eternal. They don't come into existence. They don't come out of existence. They don't increase. They don't decrease. What do you do when waiting for a dua to be answered, remaining to make dua and believing that uh, the dua will be answered? That is an act of ibadah. You are in an act of worship when you're continuing to make dua and you're believing that it will come to fruition. Levon Brown, there is also minor opinion in the Hanafi School that one can utilize the rulings of the travelers prayer as long as they are considered a traveler, but it's not the Motemat. Okay. Do you have specialization courses for scholars? No, we do not have something, someone who completed their scholarship programs, for example, we don't have courses for them, no. I'm a graduate student. The teacher's qualified, Shafi Fip from Tarim, all right? but I mean, if you're a graduate student, you're short on time, short on money. No, that's still not a reason. Yeah, you. The timing-wise, you can measure it. The time, you can measure it. But, and has barakah with it. And so, don't worry about the money. The time, you should be reasonable with your time. But, the money... No, it should be fine with that. Knowledge always has barakah in it. Why do so many scholars prescribe the seven dreams process? I've never heard of it, but I do know some people said if you see seven dreams about a certain topic, it's like affirmation that it's from Allah and it will happen. And Allah knows best, to be honest. (sighs) Turquoise, Darul Harab, Darul Sulh. Later, inshallah. Can we insult Hindu idols if they insult Islam? Not if not if they're just gonna become more insulting to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because um, it's one of the prohibitions is to instigate someone to insult Allah and His Messenger. If I know that somebody's gonna insult Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I shouldn't instigate them. Okay. Amin says, what are these seven dreams method? I don't know what it means. I think it means that. You just keep your eye out for having seven dreams about the same topic. It's not the method. I don't observe that method. I know it's it's a strong indicator of things if you have dreams over and over about the same subject, but it's not a method that we involve because you can't control your dreams, right? Someone can be fully 100% righteous and never see dreams at all. That's okay. What's the first step that you take to study the Dean? Um. Something called Fardain, which is learning the fundamentals of what you have to believe about Allah and His Messenger and the Sam'iyyat of the last day and the prophets, heaven and hell, these things. Fardain of Aqidah and then Tahara and then Salah and Saum and Zakah if the person has money and Hajj if that's part of also they have wealth and able to make Hajj. And then the fiqh of their trade, whatever trade they're involved in. You have to know the fiqh of your, of your trade. And after you finish Farda'in, you study Tajweed so you can recite the Quran properly. And then after that, it's whatever you study. After that. It's so best, the best method to learn Arabic. I like this method. You listen to an Islamic video that has subtitles, but you cover the subtitles. Like you pull the, the, the browser down. So the subtitles are covered And you listen and you pause Then you go back And you read the subtitles Right? Think about that as a method Because you go to like Muhammad Omar Mustafa's YouTube channel And he has classical Arabic With subtitles So Listen for a minute Or like 50 seconds Or 30 seconds Then go back And try to put two and two together It's one of the best ways to learn And it's easy the millionaire says, Here are the seven dreams method. Read two nephod before going to sleep with the question and decision in mind. If you see a positive dream, score that as a yes, negative as a no. After seven nights, the balance of yes, no is your decision. No, we don't play seven game series in the Dean, right? Issachara has no business with seven game series, right? So, wait, so it's on game, so it's three three. Now it's game seven? No, no, it, I don't, I, no. We don't do anything that looks like darb bil azlam. Chance. There's another one. They call it istikhara of Sayyidina, and it's not true at all. There's no rewire from Sayyidina. It's It's, uh, hold in your mind what is it that you want. Okay? Then look in the mushaf. First word that your eye comes upon, if it's rahmah, you keep reading. Until, either it's rahma or adab, A promise or a threat. A good mention or a bad mention. And then you Mark it down. And you play a best of three. What, are we playing games here? Like, we're like naming people in the village like this? Right? Uh, <laughs> right? <laughs> that, that's how they used to do that, right? <laughs> this is how you get people with names that make no sense. No offense. Ajma'een, <laughs> right? <laughs> All together. Ajma'een where? Fil <laughs> Ajma'een right? Insha, <laughs> You know, there's Insha. Right? So insha It's not a way to name people, and it's not a way uh to uh to make a either, right? And I'm sorry for anyone who's named Ijma'in out there. I just insulted everyone, which I apologize for. Okay. Right? So it's two words. La is a word. Raib is a word. Right? Huh? (laughs) La Raib. La. La. (laughs) So in that case, I'm telling you that not to make fun of anybody, but we all know it's funny to be honest with you. Right? Even the people who are named that, they know it's hilarious. (laughs) La. (laughs) The Egyptians also have Jahl too. so, so, So we can make fun of ourselves too. Listen to this. On top of a barber in Egypt. You know the story of Sayyidina Musa? Where the mother said to the daughter, go look for him. Right? Go look for him. A barber puts a, on, a verse on top of his barbershop. وَقَالَتْ <laughs> لِأُخْتِهِ right, <laughs> Where Qussi means go find his whereabouts. But it's come to mean in Arabic, Right? Right? So they put the ayah <laughs> in Arabic. And she said, al-ukhti." and she said to his sister, go find him. But they mean by that or they think it means cut it. <laughs> <laughs> right? How about this one? The 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 tailor has above his shop aswad. <laughs> right? <laughs> Until the white thread becomes clear from the black thread. He puts that up there. Right? <laughs> Uh I think I'm not even kidding you in the airport of Egypt, there was a, once a sign that says inshallah right been, been. huh They still have, they still that, have that when in fact they had left Egypt and Misr was another country right <laughs> they had, uh, the Beni israel had left Egypt, Misr meaning a location, a city, but they took it as egypt misr yes. <laughs> the Egyptians have a lot of that stuff, day seems like. yeah. Yeah, in terms of Ained with scholarship and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of Ained. A lot of mockery of scholars, too. Like, that's one of the things that drives me crazy. (sighs) Okay, let's listen to this Millionaire. One guy I know said he did the seven dreams method for his marriage. Why don't you just roll dice at that point? He gave up. Now check it out. It's 3-3. Okay, He gave up on night three after three dreams. Oh, it's he's down 0-3 in the series. So he just gave up. He got swept. And then that night, next next morning, his mother-in-law crashed his car. We are not playing chance in these matters. All of this is Ba'tal. I'm telling you, 100% of it is Ba'tal. Anytime that your own mind and your own willpower and your own decision-making and your own responsibility is removed, and we are now making decisions out of laziness, by chance, for the biggest issues of your life, the biggest issue of your life, this is jahili, I have to tell you that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this deen gave us a brain. He gave us a willpower. He gave us responsibility. You are responsible. Why don't you want to take responsibility for a decision? If you don't know how to make a decision, don't make a decision, but don't roll dice. Quranic rolling dice. That's what it is. Islamic rolling of dice. What kind of dreams? Nobody has the ability to attract a divine dream from the angel of dreams, who's so some have called him. These dreams aren't by our choice. Right? We can't do this. And Ruhail, how about you give us the scoreboard from the beginning, if this is how it is. Why is he playing along? So he's going to play along with you now? Oh, he's got a seven-game series. Let's scare him a bit, right? Let's give him three in a row and see if he gives up. Well, Boston Celtics, boom, they made it to game seven. Why can't you? Weren't they down three zip? And they went, what a letdown. And then they still gave the guy money at the end of the year. When he could have shown up. That guy's a Muslim, by the way. What's his name? Jamal Brown or whatever his name is. What's his name again? The two J's. So the guy goes down with the ankle. And the first first minute the guy goes down in the ankle. J- J- Jalen Brown's now chance to be the alpha. And he just brick, brick, brick all day. Threes, threes, threes all night. And I can't, like, when is this going to turn? This is the miracle year for Boston. Down 3-0 coming up. Look what they got us talking about, right? Look what they've got us talking about. They got us talking about lahu because this whole methodology is lahu. It's baltel, it's and it's nonsense, okay? And then, we crash cars. No, none of this means anything. What is the meaning when I want to make a decision? Is I think, and I ask, and I pray istikhara, and I take responsibility for my own decisions, and I trust in Allah, okay? And then you go about getting married, or choosing not to get married. But we don't play games like this. I'll tell you when we take signs. If you're going to do something that you know is haram, you know is haram, and then something bad happens, then you can say that's a sign to stop doing it. Why, why, why can we say that? Because you have to stop doing it anyway. By al Quran. So anything on top of that is icing on the cake. Right? Second, like all the kids, I guarantee you this happens to every Muslim kid. Talks back to his mom. Mom tells him to do something, then he stubs his toe. Mm-hmm. Then the mom says, See, you shouldn't disobey your mom. Mm-hmm. Right? Because, wow, she really is like. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> but you should disobey your mom anyway. So, whatever bad thing happens in the process, and you want to throw it in the category of a bad sign and a sign that Allah has given you ta'dib, do it, no problem, because it's haram anyway. Mm-hmm. What about the opposite side? When you've made your decision and you pray istikhara and you've done everything in the way that is the sunnah such as istishara asking those who know istikhara to to Enni, go slow and steady to al-Rahman, go slow and steady no no rushing go slow and steady this this hadith khayrul amali uh uh, uh is in ibadat not in muamalat khayrul bil 'ajiluhu okay let's write write a contract right now and, and, and make trade no we think we make a relationship. We develop. khairul Is, should I make we do it now or later? No. Should I do my tadawa now or should I do it later? No. You don't know what's going to happen. That's in ibadat. Or sadaqah. Right? Should I give this money man money now or should I save and give him more later? No, now. So, what were we saying? We're saying, you did everything right. Then on the day of the wedding plus you're in you're ready your mother's making dua for you your dad's making it this can't go wrong right alhamdulillah everything's in right place and a nice dove flies by you say okay mashallah little icing on the cake a sign that allah is rida is upon us right anything that comes from your parents from you and now if your parents are pleased with you making dua anything that comes associated with that is good anyway because this the asl is good how about the quran you open the quran To do your recitation and you read a beautiful ayah, right? That you can accept because you didn't go in trying to guess to roll dice with the Quran. You went in just to read and then a beautiful ayah comes up, right? So that's the meaning of all this. And that's how, um, unfortunately, millionaire, I didn't really mean to roast you guys like this or your friend, but um, he roasted himself with his down three games to nothing and then his mother-in-law crashes the car. Kuluhu, all of it's بَطُل. Okay? And that's not how to make a decision. Is it true that the Prophet would do things three times? Yes. Anything that could be done a number of times, the Prophet's way was to try to do it three times, like three sips of water, things like that. Should women cover their feet in سَلَاً shafi method? Yes. Not just their feet. yeah niqab is their ruling, if I'm not mistaken. Full face and hands Ladies and gentlemen We have to stop here Jazakumullahu khairan Wabarakallahu fikum Subhanakallahumma Wabihamdik Nashhadu an allah ilaha illa anta Nastaaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk Walasr. asr Inna al insana lafee khusr Illa al amanu wa salihat assalihaat Watawasaw bil haq Watawasaw bil sabr Wassalamualaikum Rahmatullah.
3: i school